Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Karen, we have spent most of this week focused on inflation and the economy, but today the attention turns to earnings. With the kickoff of second quarter reporting season, we get more from Bloomberg Global Finance correspondent Shanali Basak. The biggest U.S. banks are set to report earnings today. That's J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup. We have Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, and Goldman Sachs next week. What we're going to start watching for, though, is credit quality. Are loans starting to go bad? Are the biggest banks provisioning for more loan losses. How bad do they expect a recession to be? The banks also expect costs to rise, costs tied to net interest income, also severance packages, given that so many layoffs have hit Wall Street already this year. Thanks, Shanali. That's Bloomberg Global Finance correspondent Shanali Basak. Look for those earnings from J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo at 7 a.m. Wall Street time, followed by Citigroup at 8. Well, turning to the markets now, global stocks are on track for their best weekly gain since March. There's optimism the Fed is close to ending its tightening cycle thanks to tamer inflation reports this week. Still, Fed Governor Christopher Waller says more action by the central bank is needed. I see two more 25 basis point hikes in the target range over the four remaining meetings this year as necessary to keep inflation moving down towards our target. And I see no reason why the first of those two hikes should not occur at our meetings later this month. And the next decision Fed Governor Christopher Waller mentioned comes on July 26th. We have another Fed note this morning, Karen. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard is resigning after 15 years to become dean of the business school at Purdue University. Bullard is among those who have called for aggressive interest rate hikes to fight inflation. Well, in corporate news, Nathan, the legal battle over Microsoft's planned purchase of Activision lingers on. The Federal Trade Commission is urging an appeals court to delay the $69 billion takeover while the agency's challenge to the largest ever gaming deal is pending. We get more from Bloomberg technology reporter Ed Ludlow from the Allen & Company conference in Sun Valley, Idaho. Everyone is focused on the deal. And I think it's this idea that if you are a technology executive or a – well, I know it's this idea – a technology media executive – you're kind of looking at this as a case study, you know, the FTC's willingness to carry on the fight. But also, you know, this is a precedent that would be set, the biggest video games deal of all time. $69 billion is a lot of dollars, right? So that's the context everyone's looking at. Will we see more M&A because the, the FTC decides to back down? Or are we going to continue with this narrative that, you know, global regulators are going to continue fighting and looking at big M&A? And Bloomberg said Ludlow reports Microsoft and Activision are making moves overseas to try to keep the deal alive. And sources tell us they may give up control of some of their cloud gaming business in the U.K. to satisfy regulators there. Well, Karen, another legal battle's brewing involving another tech company. A group of former top executives at Twitter say the social media platform owes them more than $1.6 million for legal fees. The group, led by ex-Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal, wants a judge to force new owner Elon Musk to pay that tab now. They say the legal Legal bills piled up in connection with lawsuits and government probes while they ran Twitter. 
Well, Nathan, a dispute in the entertainment world means the show will not go on in Hollywood. For the first time in six decades, writers and actors are on strike at the same time. Members of the Actors Union SAG-AFTRA officially walked off the job at midnight. Union President Fran Drescher had a message for the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, or AMPTP. The jig is up, AMPTP. We stand tall. You have to wake up and smell the coffee. We are labor and we stand tall and we demand respect. Fran Drescher says the sides are far apart on compensation for streaming video. The Studio Alliance says it offered the actors higher salaries, residuals, and pension and health benefits, along with protections against use of their digital images. Let's turn from Hollywood to Washington, Karen. House Republicans have voted to overturn a Pentagon policy on reproductive care for service members, and it's putting the annual defense policy bill in jeopardy. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. The House signed off on a provision putting an end to the Pentagon's policy that offers military members and their families time off and travel allowances to seek an abortion or other reproductive care, a policy that prompted Senator Tommy Turbeville to put a hold on all military promotions. The amendment was tacked onto the annual defense authorization bill by Republican Representative Ronnie Jackson, putting passage of the $886 billion bill at risk. Even if the House passes it with the amendment, there's no chance it makes it past the Senate. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thanks. And finally, we have news for your health. The World Health Organization now says the artificial sweetener aspartame may cause cancer. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Aspartame can be found in a lot of products and the possibly carcinogenic label does not pose any immediate changes. But WHO's Francesco Bronco says there needs to be more intense investigation. Now the FDA disagrees. It says it should not be classified as a possible carcinogen and that even the WHO designation does not mean that it is actually linked to cancer. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good Friday morning, Michael. Good morning to you, Nathan. President Joe Biden will finally reveal how much money he's raised for his re-election bid. The Federal Election Commission reports due tomorrow will also show which Republicans are mounting a serious challenge to former President Donald Trump for the GOP nomination. Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have already announced their totals. Trump's campaign said he had raised $35 million, while DeSantis brought in more than $20 million, but they did not break down the details or donors. The House overnight defeated an effort by far-right Republicans to cut off security assistance to Ukraine. It cements for now bipartisan support for Kyiv's fight against Russia's invasion. President Biden slammed the actions of Senator Tommy Tuberville, who is currently refusing to confirm promotions to top military posts until the Pentagon agrees to end its policy of offering leave and travel compensation for reproductive health care, including abortion. The idea that we're injecting into uh, fundamental foreign policy decisions what, in fact, as a domestic social debate on social issues, is bizarre. Speaking in Helsinki, Biden called it unacceptable. The brutal heat wave that's been baking Arizona for two weeks has been very hard on homeless people. In Phoenix, where the temperature has reached 110 degrees, the homeless are seeking treatment from a local mobile medical van. Dr. Mark Bueno works in the Circle the City medical van. 
I anticipate that next week is going to be a lot worse. We're climbing upward closer to 117, closer to 120. That's going to lead to a lot of complications for our patients out here. Much of the southwest will remain under a heat dome for the next several days. The New York City Council voted to override Mayor Eric Adams' veto of several bills designed to expand access to housing vouchers for homeless and New Yorkers who are facing eviction. The council voted 42 to 8. The measure ends a rule that required homeless people to spend 90 days in a shelter before being able to obtain a voucher. It also expands eligibility to city residents close to being evicted. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. A year ago, the Mets and Yankees began play after the All-Star break, both in first place. They'd go on to combine for 200 regular season wins. Different story, 2023. Both return from the break in fourth place. In fact, the Yankees only one game ahead of last place, Boston, and yet their manager, Aaron Boone, ever the optimist. We haven't dug ourselves a hole or you know anything like that. It's certainly not been exactly how we wanted the first half to go, but we're in position to go do something special and reach all all our goals so that's uh that's where the focus is Boone tonight in colorado starts carlos Rodon, his second yankee star mets have justin verlander going at city field versus the dodgers big contract extension for maybe the jets top defensive player lineman quinnon williams off a 12 sack all pro season cashes in four years 96 million only aaron donald of the rams makes more at that position northwestern never known for success in athletics but they've never had a week as bad as this one they fired Longtime football coach Pat Fitzgerald due to allegations of hazing. They just promoted defensive coordinator David Braun to be interim head coach. The school has now fired the baseball coach Jim Foster after allegations of bullying and having a toxic environment. Ed Wimbledon today. Novak Djokovic plays a Grand Slam semifinal match for the 46th time, tying Roger Federer's record. He'll take on the 21-year-old Italian Yannick Sinner. 20-year-old Carlos Alcaraz faces Daniil Medvedev. The top three seeds are all in the final four, but in tomorrow's women's final, an unseeded player, Marketa Vandrusova, First unseeded player in a Wimbledon women's final since a 19-year-old Billie Jean King 60 years ago. She'll face Anja Burr. She had a comeback semifinal win yesterday. John Stash, Edward, Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. The market's been partying like it's 1999 this week. That is what one strategist at Deutsche Bank is saying. At the end of a week that has seen gains across asset classes, there is a lot of optimism right now that central banks are winning the fight against inflation. Can this momentum last as the focus turns to earnings and what the big banks are going to tell us uh, this week into next. Bloomberg Markets reporter Valerie Titel is with us this morning to take a closer look at this market. It has been uh, quite something 
something to see here, Valerie, to see this kind of momentum get into the market after the downside surprise we got on inflation this week. Exactly. What a bout of optimism we've had this week. You know, even I've got a smile on my face that the the door to this mythical soft landing is opening a bit further. You know, after the, these CPI and PPI came in cool, and most importantly, the sticky components of inflation, the ones that we were worried about weren't that weren't going to budge lower without a, a rise in the unemployment rate, without some real weakness in the U.S. economy, those are showing a disinflation trend and, you know, I want to say we might get to a point this year where you have to throw out that economic textbook that inflation can fall without real economic weakness. We might have to uh, relearn what we what we learned in high school economics 101, but about of optimism this week. And if we look at just the momentum to take this further, there's really not a lot of data we have on the calendar next week. We get retail sales the week after we get the preliminary PMIs for July and then the all important Fed meeting where they know we know they're going to hike 20 basis points, but it's about their guidance further on whether the market or whether this economy does need a further hike sometime in the fall. Yeah, and I guess that guidance will tell us whether the Fed's thrown out its economic textbooks <laughs> as well, because it's really interesting as well to hear continued commentary now from the likes of Fed Governor Christopher Waller, adding to the hawkish voices here, despite the positivity we've seen on inflation, still talking about maybe two more rate hikes to fight the continued price pressures we're seeing. In some ways, I don't think the market really found that surprising yesterday. The Fed and other members who do speak vocally are going to keep this threat of an additional rate hike out past July on the table, right? They, we know that 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 Powell maybe had a slip up in January where he used that word disinflation in the press conference one too many times, sounded too positive that he was in some ways declaring victory on the inflation fight, and that came. Just just a bit too early. They don't want to be burned again by that miscommunication. They're going to continue to uh, communicate this hiking bias uh, up until almost the point where they are going to cut. So, you know, the market does take that with a grain of salt. You know, the market doesn't believe what Waller said yesterday about needing another hike in the fall. The market's pricing in one and done. And that's what really led to this uh, big repricing uh, in the dollar this week, slumping over 2% with uh, two-year yields falling near nearly 30 basis points and that equity market just on a roll up two and a half percent and you know we're just six percent shy of those all-time highs in the S&P and that door uh, for hitting those all-time highs just opens a bit farther if the Fed does not have to keep hiking closer to six percent. Can the momentum continue with earnings? We're going to hear from the first of the big six Wall Street banks later today. It'll be interesting uh, to, to see those earnings. Uh, that will be the key for the equity market in, in the next few days. Not only do we get uh, Big Three announcing today, we get some more next week, including regional banks. A lot of the attention is going to be on net interest margin. The big question for the second quarter is whether that squeeze on margin gets even tighter. Also, an eye going uh, to expenses. We know that there has been some redundancies going on uh, in the banking sector at those large investment banks uh, as, as deal making 
banking uh, pipeline uh, decreases. Also, an eye on just any more loan loss provisions. We had uh, quite a few of them in the first quarter. Uh, those banks just putting extra cash aside in case uh, of, of, of defaults on, on loans outstanding. So keep an eye out for those three things uh, later today. And in our last 30 seconds here, Valerie, the uh, Treasury market has uh, seen yields start to move lower as well. Uh, What's the possibility that uh, we could see a return to looser financial conditions putting attention back on the Fed? Uh, well, I, I just think we're kind of past that point where the Fed is overly focused on uh, financial conditions when it comes to the indexes we follow, that Bloomberg Financial Conditions Index, the Goldman Financial Index. They've actually released, uh, the Fed's actually released one of their own financial index that really goes down to showing that it's more about uh, financing costs in the front end, which are still restrictive, right? Uh, the, the Fed's uh, 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 federal fund, funds rate, uh, for one, is now in a real positive territory. It's trading above uh, core CPI for the first time since 2019. So conditions are restrictive when it comes to lending standards. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.